25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing, and with me is my friend, longtime caddy, John Perlis. Perley, good morning. Morning, Jay. Another. I'm just so looking forward to these shows. It's so much fun when you've got these great interviews. We have great subjects, what's going on in the golf world. Just I'm kind of just pumped. And I also like that the burden and all the pressures on you in these shows. I've just kind of had fun. I've mentioned that a couple times to you, but it's just kind of fun for me to kind of sit back and enjoy this. No, I really appreciate you being here. You do a great job uh, as far as you know. And, uh, no, it's it's all really good. I want to thank we segmented, we segmented the show like around the golf. This is the on the range segment, and it's brought to you by Golf Discount, where St. Louis shops for all its golf needs. Um, oh, very important our social media, uh, mm-hmm. very important. You guys want to contact us through social media and not like call or text us? Okay, here's how you do it. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is just Jay Delsing, and man, we are Jay Delsing you right on out of here. And our Instagram is, forget it. Do you have one? I don't know. No, do you have one? I think I do. I don't have know one. what it is. But I don't know what it is okay. either. I don't even know how to, I don't know what this I think is. The important I don't have an app on there. I think the important thing is that you have one. Okay. I have one. Okay. Forget Good. it. Nice. All right. So let's talk about what we really love, not yeah. social media. No. All right. So today's show. Got a great interview with Coach Berube. I mm. uh, was kind enough on the road in Philly. I uh, got on the phone. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, it's so much fun. I, I don't, as you know, I follow hockey like in the playoffs. I get into St. Louis Blues. Because let, let's of you. tell this story. Hey, 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 uh, AJ, uh, the Blues are in the, uh, the Cup Finals. Can you give me any tickets? I'm like, <laughs> are you out of your mind? Remember, well, there's been times you've come through big time for me. Well, big time. baseball's one thing because there's 50,000 tickets. You oh. use that excuse every year. I'm not buying that excuse. I, I, I need know. a ticket. I need to work I harder, don't I? I need well, to work harder. Something. But what, yeah. I, what I loved about it, I'm up in Canada fishing. We'd come off the lake every day, not every day, whenever, the, you know, so when the games are on in, in the summer, I'm up there fishing, go into the lodge and get to watch hockey and drink Canadian beer. It was so much fun. And one of my favorite parts, the, the hockey was great. And I do love hockey. I lived in Canada for years. I, I get hockey. But when they had some clips of Ruby as a player, a fighter, they showed some of the coolest yep. clips about oh, when yeah. he was just like waving guys oh, over, yeah. like, I'm ready for another round. Now's cool with me. I know. I, I know. love that guy. The players have to love that oh, guy. Oh, I know. They call him the chief, which, you know, is very Perfect. sentimental yes, to me because my brother and I called my dad the chief yes. when he was still alive. And yeah. he was just such a down to earth, such a really good guy. Um, the whole reason I wanted to talk to him was about the hand pass and how he was able to get his team right to come. That's a great story. There. That's a and great story. Unfortunately, we got some audio screw ups, but we are gonna. We'll tell. I've got all the notes, and we'll tell you exactly what it's about. That's a, that's um, a tease. That's a radio that's tease. A, oh, hey, look at us go over here. We're radio <laughs> teasing, and um, uh, let's go down to our buddy Justin Hoagland, uh, fellow PGA professional, city manager at Golf Tech. Um, to uh, listen to what he's got to say for us this week. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Really appreciate that. Okay, what else is going to be on the show? We got another segment of Whack and Chase. Mm, love it. Uh, it seems to be. We're getting some popular. nice feedback we, on we Whack really, and Chase. We, we I got to really tell are. a quick story. I have a buddy that calls me a couple weeks ago. He listens to one one of the Whack and Chases. He says he's an avid uh, listener to the radio because he travels a bunch that, for his work a bunch. He said he was busting a gut over that dang one with Joe. You remember Joe the Cream Chip? Got, I've got about, I'd say, at least 12 texts within an hour of the show airing that said, what was that? Well, and you and I were laughing so hard, out of control. We're looking at me like, have we even got it? Somebody say here? something. Can, yeah. we, can we put this on the radio? Cause That's good we, radio, for, by the way, Pearl. When we're laughing so hard, we can't <laughs> talk, and nobody's. we're just kind of wheezing, and we're giggling. And we, and and we so hope that it translated, and it did, because yeah. people really enjoyed it. Yeah, they really enjoyed it. You, no, they, Joe doesn't enjoy it. It was kind of a joke that on, on, his, on his back, you know, uh, at his expense, but... 
you know, that's the way life goes sometimes. Well, anytime you get you get a ball hit into you and it hits you in the back by your ex-wife's attorney, you deserve everything that happens to you. What I don't even know what to say about that. Um, so you get to enjoy the Barubi interview. Yep. We'll break that down a little bit and talk a little bit about that. Uh, but I want to talk about the President's Cup. Okay. Um, so we've talked in, in former shows about how the schedule goes. You know, tour championship ends. Wraparound season. Now we got the President's Cup thing. All right. So this is the end of the year. Yeah. Right. Relative to your yeah. aggravation with the wraparound and, and mine that it's it's pretty muted. It's, it's not, not yeah, so special. It's just, yeah. It's just hard. I mean, if you're one of the tournaments that's running an event in September, how are you feeling? Yeah. They're I still mean, excited about it because they got one and they should be excited because it's a big deal to have a PGA Tour event. But it's tough at the end of all this season to... But they also make a boatload for charities. Yep. I mean, we're, we're downplaying that. Yeah, it yeah. is important. There's a lot of reasons to have these tournaments. So yes. Don't get us wrong. Plus, the FedEx Cup stuff starts again, and it yeah. compiles it points. Matters. And all. It, it matters. matters. Yeah. To the tune of $15 million bucks, it matters. So, for sure, it matters. But, okay, so we got the top eight, and they're all they're all locked in. And it goes like this. Kepka, Thomas, Johnson, uh, Dustin Johnson, Cantlay, Shoffley, Simpson, Kucher, and DeChambeau. Strong, okay. strong team. And first, first of all, who I, I love three names on this team. Okay, who are they? Who's the three? I left? love Cantley, Shoffley, and DeChambeau. Ooh, do love you? them absolutely. Now you love, love them. them. What do you mean? You love them because they're kind of newbies and they're still going to be really Absol- tough. They're young. Yeah. This is. But they're going to be good. Is, you, you, they, can, they can withstand these, this. Can't these they? are guys that are going to be future Ryder yeah. Cup players. Yeah. This is going to count. This is going to matter. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But they're young guys with gumption, is what I, I think you're saying. I, I wasn't going to phrase it quite the same way, but my my conclusion was the same. I am such a Cantley fan. He looks like a assassin. Where'd he go to school? Oh, yeah, UCLA Bruins. Not that that has anything to do with the way we feel about this. No, sir. I mean, he's just, he's kind of an ice guy out there, kind of an ice man. He's just doing his thing. They interview him. He just did this or just accomplished this or just shot this great round. He's just really low-key, and he just kind of goes about his business. He really really does. So who's captain of this uh, President's Cup mess, Pearl? Here we go. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Okay, so here is what nine positions, nine through 20, look like. Fina, Woodland, Fowler, Reed, Tiger Woods, Captain, Shez Reevy, Kisner, Mickelson, Chucky Howell, Billy Horschel, uh, Brant Snedeker, Bubba Watson, and all the way down at number 27 is? Jordan Spieth. Not going to happen. Not no. going to happen for Jordan. Right, it's not happening for Jordan. So, Tiger has been all up in the media recently about captain's picks. He's got till November 4th to choose. Well, wait a second. November 4th? When, when is this thing? It's uh, first week of the second week of December. It's like December 9th, something like <laughs> so that. So this goes back to us being close on this show with the facts. Last show, I thought it, I said it was in September. Hey, me and I knew you weren't on. We didn't know right you weren't year. exactly. I got the right exactly. year. Exactly. Okay. You're in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went about- back and just cut his whole part out last week, so nobody <laughs> even heard that. That's why our ratings went you up. You should do that every week. Well, maybe no. you do. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> no, so um, here's the deal. Here's what he's saying. I'm going to get my vice captains together, and we're going to make decisions on who who's going to be these picks. So we have four picks. So, John, take a look at that list that I just read to you. Starting with Finau, forget Jordan Spieth. He's not going to be no, picked. The, no, I'm, I'm going to look at the next ones up. I want, I want you to nine look at is 9 Finau. through 20. 10 is Woodland. Yep. 11 is Fowler. 12 is Reed. Then you've got Woods. You're sure, he's certainly not going to look past that, so we'll stop right there. I am going to tell you right now. Wait a second. Wait a second. Isn't there a couple of events where he can still play himself into this thing? No. Nope, it's done. So they don't count. Next year is next year. It's so after done. FedEx Cup, that's the cutoff. It is That's done. what I meant last, last uh, that's week. That's what you were saying. That's what I meant last week. Yeah. Need to keep Me, that in make mind. Make a note of that, would you? Um, so he's got he's got to chop off one of these guys. What do you mean? Fino, Woodland, Fowler, or Reed. 
He's got to. No, no I don't. I, I, I'm, that's not where I'm going with Okay, that. where are you going? Here's, I'm go, I've got one guy circled on this list who has to be on this team. He has to be. He has been the best match play player for the last two-plus years, and he sits at number 15, and his name no. is Kevin Kisner. He's, I, I, I agree. You're talking he about has play. to be on that team. Okay. Are we going to place bets on this? No, I say you're, shaking, you're shaking your head yeah. now, aren't I know, you? I'm glad to bet. Okay. I just won't pay off. That's not a problem. Um, how, how, look at this list. It's like going to the All-Star. Yeah. You know, when we had yeah. Tony LaRusso on, he, he talked about his old rosters. Look at these lists. I mean, Gary Woodland won the daggone U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, the iconic Pebble Beach, and he's two, two spots out. Tony Finau. Is another great up, up and, and coming more guy. than up and, and he, up and coming. He puts it. He's not. He's Pounds not up and coming. He's no, here. He's here. He he's just. Here. He just hasn't been able to finish as well as he'd like. Um, and then you got Captain America. What do you think about Patrick Reed? I kind of like the answer that Kepka gave about Patrick Reed, and which was basically, I'll take him on my team on my side anytime. That so, says a lot. It does. It does. For it, someone it, that's been in the room. You and I haven't been in the room. We're just right, observers right. and stuff. That's important. Well, and a guy who's Kefka, who understands what it takes, and he's been around yep. him. So I put a lot of stock in there. But the other thing is, I mean, probably the golden boy on the whole PGA Tour is Fowler. I know. How do you keep this guy off? So this is going to be an interesting, interesting it, thing. It really is. But my whole thing right here is Tiger. He should not be playing. He will for, be for playing. Why? For why? Why do you say that? Why Several he? reasons. Okay, First of all, him. he isn't playing with a damn. Okay. Well, that's, that, that, that's, that's not a bad reason. That's your count. Um, but he does have till December to start playing better, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't have an event to play, and he can, what, call all the guys and go, hey, you know, watch me Tee go. It up, yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem is. Well, wait a second. But the so pro- that's one reason. That's one reason. He's not this, playing very well. What's the second one? of all, he's broken down again. He might not finish. He's broken down again. Yeah. There's 36 whole matches. There's all this demand, and there's physically demanding. They're going to Australia. The other thing. So I'm going on record to count him out for about the 14th time in my life. Yeah. And I'm going to quadruple down to try to get my money back. Right. The guy will probably spring up. Beat everybody in this darn thing to win the uh, to win the cup. Is, no, no, is the way it's no, no question about him. I'm the same way. I've eaten crow on Tiger for so long. It just shows you when you get this generational type athlete that comes to your sport, quit counting him out. Yeah. But I will say this, really, yeah. hard to believe. I don't see it. He's gonna. So the process he said he's gonna go through, Pearl, is he's gonna get all his vice captains together and talk to all the guys that are already on the team and see who they want to play with. Do you think anybody truly challenges Tiger? I mean, when they're talking and when they're doing the strategy. No, no, no. I don't think so either. No. I don't think anybody. No. I don't think anybody in the media. I don't think any of the players. Now, Kepka, he might. Reed, he might. Dustin Johnson might accidentally. <laughs> but I think those no. two guys would. I do. I think they're the type that would just say it. Just say, hey. And I think Tiger might actually listen to it. Some of the stories are funny with, with Tiger and Kepka. And then did you see on uh, – Faraday, uh, what Tiger said to uh, Shoffley, uh in one of the tournaments. I can't repeat it on your radio show, even no. your radio show. He just walked up to him and, to- and told him to, mm-mm. And Shoffley said, wow, what do I do when Tiger tells me to do that? Right. It was just kind of a, kind of a, funny, kind of a funny piece. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Jay. That, that's part of what's so fun about this process, though. Right. Is you get to see this, this come, come down. And, and it's I'm going to take off Howell. I'm oh. taking off 17 through 20. I'm taking off Chucky. He's There's a great no guy. There's no way Phil him. Nicholson's playing. There For is sure. no really? way. Really? You don't think There's... he's going to pick Phil? Not a chance in the world. All right. They want to be, and they show buddy, buddy. And oh, no, I know they're not. They I know that. Buddy, I, buddy. I know that. I know that. I know that. But he is a Hall of Famer. Hey, Phil's spectacular. And talking about... One of the things we've talked about, one of the best rounds of golf we've seen all year I know. is Pebble Phil Mickelson, yep. not only at the Pebble back. Beach, but in Pebble Beach in that weather. In the back nine. I've played in that weather before. It's more than break your back. Right. It is. And uh, it's a 48-year-old, 49-year-old back that, uh, well, it's going to be great to see how this plays out. we got to wrap this up. But um, What is it? So I'm not done making my advice. I know. So, Pearl, so you get your four <laughs> picks. Give them to me real quick. Who's your four? Oh, I'm absolutely taking. I'm I'm going right down the list. I'm taking. I am oh, going right man. down that the list. That is such a chicken. Call it whatever you want to call it. I would. If I, I could like swear, these guys. I'd start swearing right now. 
well, sorry, Jay. I'm not taking Woods. I'm not taking uh, Kisner. You know, that's a tough one. I agree with you. I am such a Kisner fan. But I can't walk away from Finau. I like Woodland. I would say if I had to place a bet, Kisner will do better within Woodland. But I like Gary Woodland. He won my oh, forever in, uh, in Phoenix absolutely. this year. Forever. Absolutely. The deal with and Amy. I saw the sincerity yeah, with him, and I just, I just yep. like that guy. Right. I also think he's ready to break out for multiple – he's already great – break out for multiple reasons. Family issues, family man, got some things going in yep. his direction. Yep. No, I'm going to stick with it. I know you're, you're, you're calling four. me a All week, right. but I'm going right down the list and taking those 12. All right. I'm going to say, and I hate this. This is what I'm saying. No, you better now. Okay, good. Fowler. Okay. Oh. Tiger. Oh, come on. Kisner. You, that's because what you, that's what you wanted. That's what you think is going to happen. That's what I think is going to happen. Oh, no. I thought we were going by what we want. Oh, who I would who like to want? play on there. Oh, I, I okay. My four, my, my picks would be Kisner number one, yeah, okay. even though he's 15. Um, Reed. Hmm. I'll go Woodland and Fowler. Okay. okay. And I'm leaving Finau off. And I hate that. Oh, is that tough? I know. Oh, is that I tough? I hate that. Yep. He's such a good guy. Yep. He's yep. such a good Love player. Love him. Here's a guy that if he makes one or two more putts and one or two more he's shots. He's got five wins. He's going to be a Kepka yep. type. He's going to be a Dustin Johnson type. He's yep. going to start blowing people away. No question. You know what? That's going to do it for the on the range. On the, bleh. That will do it for the on the range segment. This is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Come back for the front nine. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I want to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. There's 90 holes of golf at Whitmore. If you join out at Whitmore, you get privileges at the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are included in that membership. There's no food and beverage minimums and no assessments ever. They've got a great 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, a year-round social calendar that is rocking out at Whitmore. There's kids' clubs, junior golf, junior tennis, swim team available for your children. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, a wonderful staff, and you've got to go to the golf shop and visit my friend, Bummer. He is an absolute treat. Don't forget about the golf leagues, their skin games, members' tournaments. Bummer and the staff out of Whitmore are continually running cool and fun golf events for you and your family. Visit their website at whitmoregolf.com. I want to welcome my newest sponsor to Golf with Jay Delsing. It's Golf Discount. Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for its golf equipment since 1976. Golf Discount has been and still is locally owned. They employ the most experienced staff you'll find anywhere. There are two locations, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry, and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount fits your custom equipment to your swing using the state-of-the-art GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures that perfect fit that you're looking for. Go to Golf Discount for all your golfing needs. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John are here to bring you the segment we call the Front Nine. I was fortunate enough, Pearlie, to have a the, – how, how cool does this sound? The reigning Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues coach, Craig love Bruby. It. Absolutely yep. love it. Plus, the more I get to know about him, especially after your interview, which we're going to share in a minute, 
I just like that guy. No, great guy. So let's uh, let's just jump right into this uh, interview with uh, Coach Craig Berube. Looking at your career, 17 years in the NHL is one hell of a career and um, over 1,000 games played. I know that is a, a milestone that not very many players get to achieve. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky. I think, you know, uh, more than anything, you got to have some luck go along with that. Um, you know, I just I, – I knew my job and I did it. And I think I came into every camp thinking I had to uh, – you know, win a job and uh, work to stay there. And that's, that's was my mindset every year going into it. And before you know it, you got uh, 10 years in the league and, and then you just keep going, you get established. And uh, like you said, you gotta, you know, I was fortunate to stay pretty healthy and uh, I like my job. I like playing and uh, you know, I think that's a big part of it is just liking the, the game and um, putting in the work every day. Yeah, it sure makes a difference when you love what you do, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't. There are definitely ups and downs, but it makes it a lot easier to go to work. Yeah, for sure. You got to like what you do. Um, I know it's a job a lot of times, but you still got to enjoy it and like what you do. So, Craig, you uh, retired seventh all time in penalty minutes, and man, the game's changed a lot. You're going to probably stay up at the top of those penalty minutes because of the way the game's changed. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's a totally different game now, a different mindset. Um, you know, um, back when I played, you know, that was part of the game was a big part of the game. Um, I think, um, you know, you had to do certain things to be successful back in those days. And one of them was that being, being an enforcer, being, uh, having some protection there for your players. Um, I think it was really, looked upon as a highly regarded job at that time, but that's changed and the game's changed now. It's all about speed and finesse more than anything. I think um, just, I think the league's done a good job though of, um, you know, changing the game for the better. I believe it's a great game. It's a fast game. Um, There's very, very, there's a lot of contact out there more than people think. Um, It's, it's, it's a hard game to play. Uh, to be honest with you, like being on ice level and watching it all the time and being a player that's played as long as I have, it's a, it's a hard game to play now. There's no time out there and very little room. Oh, it's, it, I think that's one of the things that just fascinates me, especially when you get to go to the rink and watch this in person. This is such a great game. You know, our world's kind of captured in television now, but when you get to go to a hockey game in person, you see how fast it is and you also see how physical it is. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of the physicality is that uh, the league's done a good job of letting guys get there with their speed and using their speed. So there's going to be contact all the time. So uh, it's important for players to, um, you know, know how they're going into the corners and, and um, you know, make sure you're putting yourself in a good position when you got to absorb hits and, and things like that. That's a different part of the game. Uh, from when I played, and uh, learning those things is important. Craig, was there a player that you modeled yourself after or that you looked up to um, that that helped you in the transition? Because, like I said, 17 years in the league, and then you went straight to coaching in 04. Um, was there was there anyone that, that um, stood out in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I, I broke in with the Flyers, and, um, you know, I had a lot of great guys that I played with back then that really helped me along the way, uh, taught me the game at a young age. Great, great group of uh, coaches and uh, management, obviously, there. That organization, uh, you know, really did a lot for me in my career, not only as a player, but as a coach. And I look back on it all, I think that, you know, guys like Paul Holmgren, Bob Clark, Rick Tockett, Dave Poulin, uh, Mark Howe, Brad McCurman, all these guys that were around that organization at the time, were unbelievable team guys and that's where I learned you know really about team play and uh, how important team is and you know just doing my job yeah that's that's pretty incredible so you got were you always interested in coaching when you're playing did, when you I mean did you have uh, that eye I in coaching say, so I think uh, 
when I went to Washington, Dale and Hunter and I became real good friends, and we were always watching games, you know, after our games late at night or just always watching the game and studying it. And I think both of us realized that we'd probably get into coaching at some point uh, just because we are, you know, constantly talking about the game and how it's – how you know it should be played or what what we would do and things like that so i think that's when i kind of started to think about uh future after plan and and it's a totally different perspective isn't it when you look at it from a coach's point of view than a player's point of view well definitely it's you know you got you got a lot to to um, a lot in your plate like you know you got 20 players playing or, you know, 23, 24 guys in total that you got to worry about. You got to make sure that uh, everybody's pulling the same way and, uh, you know, put it in the team first. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of other things that are going on too around you that you got to handle and take care of. And then you got to go and coach the game. <laughs> there's a lot going on, but I love it. Um, I love being in that, that uh, situation uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, Coach, I, talking to you, and uh, I just had Tony LaRusso on two weeks ago, and there's something you guys have in common is it's this burning love for your sport, you know, and also you guys love to compete. You can just tell in the way that you talk, um, and, I, and, and I, I really appreciate that. What, what would you say the most important thing a coach could do uh, for a player and then, you know, for an organization? Uh, well, for a player, like you, you got, I think the most important thing you can do as a coach is try to put him in the in the best position to succeed. Um, I get that every player wants to, you know, I put it like they they all want to score and they all want to produce offensively. That's that's the biggest attraction in the game because that attracts the most money, right? But that's not always the case with every player. Every player is not capable of. Uh, of um, being a offensive producer. So I think it's important as a coach, as you, you know, try to um, instill in them what they're best at and what, how they can help the team the best way. And that's the most important thing because when the team wins, everybody has success and everybody, you know, will, will uh, be rewarded for that. And it's important as a coach, if you put these, players in the right position to succeed not only individually but as a team that wraps up the front nine we're going to take a pause for a moment so you can hear from the folks that help support our show this is golf with jay delsing and this is 101 espn quick note we just got a call from our friend joe sheezer at usa mortgage he said the rates are still below four percent and if you mention golf with jay delsing he'll give you a discount on your closing costs please call him today at 314-628-2015. Are you looking for a golf training facility and PGA pros to help you out? Year-round, make sure you get to Golf Tech. They've been in St. Louis since 2007 and have three convenient locations to serve you. They've got state-of-the-art video equipment, and you can take your lesson home with you and replay it as much as you'd like. Start with a golf swing evaluation for only $125 and let a Golf Tech coach customize a game plan for you. 314-721-GOLF. You can find them online as well, golftech.com dash St. Louis. Play better. Swing better. Golf Tech. Do you folks know about a family-owned and operated jewelry business that's been in the St. Louis area since 1946? If you haven't heard the name Sutley before, well, you have now. They are the premier Hearts on Fire dealer in the metropolitan region and have been for more than 21 years. What's a Hearts on Fire diamond, you ask? It is the world's most perfectly cut diamond. The Sutleys are knowledgeable and passionate about your jewelry needs and are open six days a week. They will treat you like family and want to understand your wishes and desires. Their business thrives on developing personal relationships with you. Sutleys also strive to stay on top of the latest trends in fashion with amazing selection of designer jewelry from famous designers like Lagos, Zengani, Simon G., just to name a few. It's all done at Sutleys. Sully's is on the cutting edge of the diamond business, featuring the lab-grown diamonds that can cost 30 to 40% less than a mined diamond. 
Whether it's a hearts on fire, designer or custom jewelry, or even the new and innovative lab-grown diamonds, let Sutley Jewelers take care of all your jewelry needs. I have known this family for 45 years. Go in and see Gary. Ask for Gus. Ask for Laura. It's a family business, and they are terrific people. They're located in the Lamp and Lantern Village on Clayton Road, just west of Highway 141 in Town and Country. You can also visit them at saettele.com. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I've got my favorite caddy, Buddy Pearly, here with you me. You hesitated when you said favorite caddy. You, like, choked on that word well, for a second. Well, there was another guy I really liked a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Join us as we head to the back nine. Before we go to the back nine, we're going to finish up the Baruvi interview. we got to talk about Whitmore Country Club there. Great sponsors of the show. 90 holes at Whitmore. Okay, 90 holes at Whitmore. Give me a second, Jay. Yeah. Meet, have you ever played any of the Whitmore golf courses? Uh, yeah, I've played Whitmore, and I've also played the Missouri Bluffs. What's your favorite but, hole oh, out of those golf courses? There's I, a lot of good ones. I don't remember the exact hole number, but Missouri Bluffs That's had, that beast of a par five, uh, right? Oh, huge. It's yep. overlooking kind yep. of dog leg, yep. or dog legs ride a little bit. I think I had to take a train to get down <laughs> to the green on that thing. It was gigantic, gigantic hole. And, uh, and what did you make in the hole, meet? We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk okay, about back, that. Back to Jay. This yeah. is radio. Eagle. We can Eagle. edit this yeah. stuff. Come on. Yeah, Eagle. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come. Where are we? There's 90 holes at Whitmore. Uh, compliment, complimentary golf at the Whitaker courses, which include the Missouri Bluffs, as Meet was saying, Links of Dardine, Golf Club of Wentzville, and no carts. No cart fees added to that membership. So you join, carts are included. There's no food or beverage minimum, no assessments, a 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, year-round social calendar, holiday parties are great, picnics and date nights and live music. The Kids Club is really gaining popularity around the country. So that might be the best part of the whole thing, Jay. Yep, it get, really is. Get kids involved and yep. be around golf. Yep. I don't even care if they don't play. Be around a golf course. It has a great feel to it. Yeah, that's right. There's junior golf, junior tennis. There's swim teams available. It's a family-friendly atmosphere. We got our buddy Bummer. We got to have him back on the show. You know, you keep show. talking about the buddy Bummer. You know, I haven't played any of these golf courses. I'm looking for an invite. Hey, bummer. Call Pearly. Thank you. Yep. Jeez, that's that is. Uh, that's asking. That, that's, that that's, is really. I don't lame. care. Wow, if you don't you ask, you don't pay? get. You just bummer. Don't call Pearly. Yeah, he's gonna call. A- a- anyway, so bummer will help you with anything that you need help with with your game. Uh, he runs golf leagues, skins games, member tournaments, and he makes it fun. He that makes guy it fun. loves the game. He is he terrific. Loves the game. He is terrific. So call them at six three six. Nine two six, nine six two two. All right, let's go back to the conclusion of our interview with Craig Berube. It says a lot about Alex Steen going down to the fourth line and doing what he did. That fourth line was crucial in the success last year, wasn't it? Well, definitely. That's a big part of the reason why we won. And at the time when I talked to him about going down there, I said, our fourth line needs an identity, and they don't have one right now, and you can provide that for them. You know, being a great player that you've been over your career, you get a little older and things change, but you still can you can still help the team win. That's the key. And he did that because he accepted what we asked of him. He's a team guy, and he put the team first, and he went down there, and that line was so good in the playoffs, we would never have won without him. Yeah, man, that was really fun to watch. And um how about for the organization? You're obviously uh, St. Louis Blues now, and you've been around the league. I think you played for five different teams and coaching uh, for uh, for the Flyers as well. How about the organization and the support? How obviously that's got to be crucial to to winning. Oh, definitely. It starts at the top. Your ownership and then your management. They're all got to be pulling the same way and being on the same page with the coaching staff and with the players. And I think that. Uh, you know they all, that that that's a, it's a good organization that way. I think Doug Armstrong does a great job of communicating with everybody um, and trying to put every pieces in the right place. Uh, he definitely put a good team on the ice for sure, but he also communicates with the coaches very well and ownership and the players. And I think that's very important that that communication is there all the time, and uh, we all know where we stand and what's going on. Yeah, where you stand is knowing where you stand, not only as a coach, but as a player. And I know that you had some frank 
conversations with some of the players. It's just crucial for those players to know what the, where they are, what they are, they're expected to do. Well, definitely, I think um, they all want they all want to talk, and um, I think communication is so important because, you know, like you said, they got to know where they stand or what you want from them, um, and if you can instill that in them, and and they understand, you know, where you're coming from, and and um, what you expect of them and, and what the team expects of, expects of you, uh, good things happen. I mean, it's, it's so important that everybody is pulling on the same rope and that we're all, in the, you know, trying to, you know, work for the same goal. Um, it's hard, though, because as an individual, you always want to have success individually, right? And uh, that's important, too. I'm not saying it's not, but it's got to be, you know, for the team. Yeah, Tony LaRusso talked a little bit about trying to motivate the guys, but motivate them all in the same direction. And what you're saying there, you know, we golfers don't have a clue about that. It's, you know, it was, it's just really about us. And um, I, I can't imagine how hard that is when you have so many different personalities in a locker room. Well, it can be, but it's, it's important to have good leadership, which we have very good leadership because the leaders lead the way. Um, they understand that, uh, you know, the team's the most important thing. And when you have that leadership that your leaders understand that, it makes it a lot easier because they're doing it already, so people will follow. Yeah, that's that's great. So, Craig, this last season with the Blues, I mean, <clears throat> obviously uh, the organization made some great trades and brought in some, some you know, Ryan O'Reilly as kind of the centerpiece, but not he wasn't the only person, David Perron. And th- the start was – to start you know we all it's been documented and then Mike Yo is fired and and going third you, you guys went 30 10 and 5 your last 45 games it's just when I read those numbers it still doesn't even though I watched probably every game it doesn't seem possible was there a turning point because I know your first oh 15 games or so you know you got back to about 500 but was there a turning point in your eyes that you saw you know, what was possible? Well, I think, um, you know, before uh, Bennington played any games, I thought we were playing good hockey and really, you know, playing a good brand. And uh, I thought the guys were really playing hard and they were bought in, but we just weren't getting enough wins. Um, Bennington went in that uh, Philly game. Uh, he looked well. He looked good. You know, we played a real good game in front of him, but he looked good. And, uh, you know, I think once he started to, uh, you know, win some games and get on a roll, um, I knew we were going to be, I knew we were going to, you know, have some success and and win some hockey games and maybe give ourselves a chance of getting in the playoffs. But obviously it turned out to be way better than that. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, the confidence grew as a team um, once they saw what Benner did in that. And once that confidence, you get that confidence, that really helps. Yeah, that's unmistakable. Um, so the city of St. Louis, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything, uh, and I'm obviously a hell of a biased uh, voice here, but the, the parade, the support, the the alumni that comes here, you're part of that now. You're part of that forever. And, and you may or may not, I know you live here with your family, but you may or may not stay there's something special about St. Louis, the guys have told me, uh, because we have so many former players uh, living here. Yeah, it's a great place, I think. You know, I don't know, the players, like, there's so many. There, You're right, there's a lot of players that live there that uh, played in St. Louis, and uh, yeah, there's something special about this place for sure. Um, you know, like I said, it's a real good hockey town. It's a real good sports town. I think the people are very passionate about their sports there. I think it's just, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys live there too is because um, they just fit in. Um, I really believe that. They just fit in around there. It's a simple place, uh, you know, to live and easy to get around. The people are so nice and they're great people there. I think the guys just like it. Yeah, it's a lot. I, for me, the, you, the hockey players in general are such down-to-earth, hard-working folks and, and more approachable than any other athletes. And I think that's what plays so well here in St. Louis because that's what I feel like most of the people here are like. Yeah, 
No, for sure. Um, I think you're right. They fit in. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a nice, nice city. It's easy to get around. Like the people are so nice to, to everybody. It's uh, why not live there? All right, coach. I got to ask you about any, any specific golf or any uh, fun golf memories that you have. I don't know how much you play. I know that a lot of the players are, are really, uh, uh, make a good transition from the ice to the golf course. Um, have you got any golf moments uh, that you can share with us? I, I do play a lot of golf. I like it a lot. Um, I don't know if there's any one specific moment that stands out. I played a lot of golf in Maryland. So back when I was playing in Washington, I used to play a lot of golf uh, with uh, three or four horse trainers back in the day. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there was some good gambling going on, a lot of fun, I'll tell you, on those days. We used to play, you know, we'd go out in the morning, we'd play, end up playing 54 holes in a day come back we're on the last hole it's dark out trying to find our balls playing i mean that was some good times back back then playing golf with all those guys it was a lot of fun okay so wait a second i've got to i've got to add this so the whole point not the whole point but one of the driving forces pearl of me wanting to get in front of coach brube was to talk about the hand pass we had the hand pass incident when the san jose everybody in st louis knows exactly what that means right so here's what happened we had trouble on the cell phone, and I called Coach back. We couldn't get him back live, but here's I said to him, Coach, please, please talk about that. When I had Tony LaRusa on, he said one of the most incredible coaching jobs he's ever seen was getting his team right for Game 7 when we went out and we absolutely kicked San Jose's yeah, ass. It was awesome. So first of all, Berube was Coach Berube was terrific. You know what he said? He goes, hand pass. He goes, we should have never even got to the hand pass. That game should have been over in regulation time. We should have never even got that far. You're saying he said that to the players. He said that to the players. He said it to me. He's, that's, but I that, love that. I love that as a leader. That's what he should do as a coach is reset the stage, go back to we're not going to get into that. And so you told me a little bit about how he handled press conferences afterwards. That's right. And um, maybe we can go to that. Um, but what, what Coach said, he goes, we, I went in and told my players in no uncertain terms, this is not going to define our season. God, I love that. We that are, just pumps me up right We are there. not going to use this as an excuse. This happened, it's over. And then he said to the boys, and it was expletive-laden, which – Leave that out, Meat, if you play it. Leave that part out. What he said was, I'm going right now to the media to answer questions, and I'm going to to ignore it. Yeah, so that's what he's doing. This guy says, well, uh, Coach, first question. You know, he's sitting down, and you can see he's aggravated. And he says, "Um, Coach. He knows it's on the line right now. He knows this is it. Was that a hand pass? He goes, well, what do you think? No explanation. Did you think it was a hand pass? Well, what do you guys think? Okay, then don't ask me. There's no reason to ask me. Well, we want to hear what you have to say. Nothing. I have nothing to say about it. Forget it. I know you got to ask me. Forget it. My team is moving on in the only way. You know what, Pearl? This reminds me, you deal with companies all the time, helping them with, with, with their brands and with culture. This is culture. For this hockey club, this was leadership, and it starts at the top. And if he is bummed and carries this forward, the players wouldn't respond. You know, some of the keys in leadership is that you absolutely hit home runs and grand slams when it counts. It couldn't have counted. It couldn't have meant more than this moment. If you think maybe would be another great follow-up next time you have uh, the coach on on your show, what's the most important moment of your hockey career it may have been that moment well it's interesting because here's a guy that follows his gut i mean this yeah. is a strong uh, leader and so you know they call him the chief guy. and he's just you can hear in his words and he just knew this is where we have to go and i'm i am blazing the trail boy so get behind me and jump on my back and he talked about what great leadership this club had mm-hmm. in the room Alexander Steen, no problem going down. Here's a a 30-goal scorer and a a big contract guy, no problem going down to the fourth line because he needs identity on the fourth line. I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge fan, and I don't know diddly about hockey like our 
Buddy Bernie and all these guys right. have forgotten more than we'll ever know. But they said one of the re- reasons we won is because our fourth line was so strong. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Great stuff in so, that interview. And um, Well, the other, the other part is, unfortunately, you guys didn't get to talk that much about golf. But I love when you talked about it, the little bit you did. It's like you could tell he, he lit up. It was just fun, the energy in his voice. Uh, I thought that that piece was absolutely fantastic, too. And right. he, he loves the game. Right. Oh, he loves the game. And hopefully we'll get him back on it. Hopefully I get to tee it up with him. And, um, yeah, that's going to wrap up the Are we back. done already? I mean, we are flying. God dang it. That's going to wrap up the back nine segment. Okay. This is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Come back. We got Whack and Chase in the 19th hole. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for all of its golf equipment needs since 1976. There are two locations in town, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount is and always will be locally owned. They employ the most experienced golf staff you'll find anywhere in town. And if you're looking to get yourself some custom-fit equipment, go to Golf Discount. They use the GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures you will always get the perfect fit you're looking for. Visit Golf Discount today. It's time for the 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill. Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill, the best burgers in town since 1986. Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill, the best burgers in town since 1986. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. John is here, and uh, we are on the 19th hole. And, uh, meet. we got a whack and chase segment. It looks like people are still calling in. What's happening over there? Jay, John, whack and chase continues today. Pat is on the line. Hey, Pat, thank you so much for calling into whack and chase. Well, thank you for having me. We, we, we um, you know, we started this thing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the old Car Talk uh, series that was on public radio years I ago. Am. Yeah, so, uh, well, that's kind of the idea here. So um, we are, uh, well, th- the idea is we want to have a little fun. We want to get to know you, but we really want to truly help you with your golf game. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's what we're here if, for. If we can get to that. Yeah, right. So, Pat, where are you from? Where are you from, Pat? Uh, I am originally from Cincinnati, but I live in Effingham. Well, Illinois. no, just stick with Cincinnati, Pat. Don't say Effingham because they all know that it's people I know then. So Cincinnati. Pat, this is, Jay, this is Pat from Cincinnati. All right, Pat from Cincinnati. We love, we love Cincinnati. Very similar to St. Louis. It's a, it's a very yeah. similar city it's to St. Louis. It's a baseball town, big time. It's a baseball town. Yeah. We've got a river. A river plays a major role in the, in yep. the city. It's, um, yeah, Midwestern, good Midwestern values, and uh, people are trying to figure out their, uh, how to play golf. So, Pat, tell us, tell, tell us the question that you've got for Jay. Well, here's my question. I've been playing golf now for about 30 years, and I am a fairly decent driver. I don't get into a lot of trouble because I don't really hit a long ball. You mean you don't I, get into I, I trouble on the course, Pat, or you don't get in any trouble anytime? Well, let's just speak with the course. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's, all right, let's keep it professional. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I can hit a fairly straight ball, and here is my Achilles heel. Okay, when I am around the green, I if I'm uh, if the uh, green is up on the top, I can use my pitching wedge or my sand wedge and get it up there. Okay, when it is flat, and I'm let's say about ten or twenty yards off the green, I use my nine iron. But I have a tendency to blade that darn thing. I cannot stay down on those short shots. Okay, guys, tell me what I need to do. Okay, first of all, Jay, who does this remind you of blading in the chip <laughs> shots? Joe, uh, well, you know, Pat, we had a wonderful guy on Whack and Chase, and he's going to be on this week, I believe. 
I don't know if I've ever laughed harder about he's he's asking the same uh, he's got a same similar problem, Pat, where he's you know really close to the green and done a really good job of getting himself close to the green in two, and then has this blading sort of issue that uh, that that kind of gets him. But so so Pat, the next question we have to ask you is what is your expectation? What do you want out of this? So when Jay helps you, kind of what's the vision of what you would like to accomplish? from that 10 to 20 yards out where you're pitching or chipping with your 9-iron? What, what would you like the results to be? Well, ideally, I'd like to chip it in. Uh, but if that doesn't oh, work... Pat, <laughs> we love, I love hearing that. <laughs> you, are, you are the Jay Dreamer dream uh, person. Now, that's, that's what we're looking for. Um, you, are, you are now, Pat, officially my favorite Rack and Chase Colin because that's what you should be thinking. Oh, my God, exactly. Jay. Come on. I'm looking exactly. for something. This, we can't shoot for the moon. She's shooting for the moon. Wait a minute. Exactly. If Why not? Pat, if you don't ever shoot to the moon, do you ever get there? No, you want to you get there. Ask Pat, have you even chipped one in before, Pearl? What are you talking about? So so Pat, are so just to, to kind of clarify the, the situations you're no, referring to. No, no. See, you you get into the technology of it and the technical aspects. We're not there yet with Pat. I, Pat I you don't say, even know what I was gonna ask. Pat. I don't care. I can tell where I was going. I wanna know, Pat, what's the best shot you've ever hit in your life? That's what I want to know. When I have chipped it in. From where, Pat? Don't, tell, don't tell me 10 or 20 yards. Um, no, it's probably closer than that. Okay. I would say it's just like right off the green. Okay, um, then, then we know that. That's your best shot. What's your best golf story or golf joke? Oh, best story or golf yeah, see, joke? See, I knew I would well, throw her on this one. I'll give her a yeah. second to think about it. But uh, yeah. best story or best golf joke? So, So, Pat. How's I'll just give you some time to to help you because Pearly throws our caller curveballs and hits them in the head with a wrench and they they pass out for a while and so um, what we had a caller on and he said um, John asked him this question I'm like where are you going with this question and the guy said he he started thinking about it a little and was really know. put off and then all of a sudden he goes oh wait a second. I made a hole-in-one about a year ago, and we're like, you forgot about your hole-in-one? Yeah, so it's really kind of funny where, you know, you you get on the radio, and sometimes you're put on the spot, and you can't think of it, but this guy was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I made a hole-in-one. <laughs> well, actually, I have two, because um, I have two stories. I did make a hole-in-one, and I was so frightened to call home and tell my husband, because my husband was like, Pissed? A scratch golfer, <laughs> and he had never had a hole in one. And it was like I was so nervous. I I I didn't even call him until I actually got home, and I said, "I hate to tell you this, but I got a hole in one today." Oh, he was elated. That's because he was a great guy. That's why he was elated. That's awesome. What a good yeah. story that is. How far <laughs> was it, Pat? What did you hit, and how far was the hole in one? Uh, it was a par three. It was 147. Uh, yards, and I think I had my three wood. Nice, nice. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Now, how many times did you tell that story to your husband? Did you just kind of go with it once, or did you tell it to him a bunch of times? No, I only told it to him once. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you are a back. sweet person. <laughs> I, 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 I can't I say I can't say I would have done that. <laughs> well, but but what I did, I. I didn't exactly rub it in, but I took the whole dart. I had the flag, I had the ball, <laughs> I had the tee, I had the glove, and it's in like an encasement that's hang, oh, that hangs in our house. A little that's monument. Awesome. I love it. That's I love awesome. it. I love it. So whenever there's a little disagreement or anything kind of went a little haywire, you could always go, you know what, honey, you'll find me over in front of my hole-in-one uh, uh case over here where I'm where I'm looking at all of my my hardware. Okay, Pat, you said this, that was a great first story. You said you had two stories and one thing we've learned from doing Whack and Chase in the in the Golf with Jay Delsing show in general, people love to hear stories. What's your next story? Oh, well, my next story is it was the only the only thing that was in the prenup agreement was that I had to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat, that's wonderful. Now, did you guys play together or did you both just enjoy the game or did you enjoy playing together? Oh, no. We played together all over. In fact, that was another thing that was funny because I was not very, a very good golfer when we got married. And he loved to play 
and all these hot courses, Pinehurst, and we played up at Kohler, and we played, uh, we played in Scotland, and you know, I was probably about a 35 handicap at that point, and I, I mean, playing in Scotland was an absolute highlight. And in fact, I will tell you a funny story because if you remember St Andrews, it's got that water on the right hand side off the first on the first hole. It sure does. It's got, it's got a berm. The, I, I yeah. played the 95 British Open there. It's got that berm runs to the right of the fairway yes. and then kind of right in front of the green. Yes. The and of course, yeah. you have, yes. And you have caddies. And so I hit the darn ball in the water. I'm, in so, I'm so nervous. I'm so embarrassed. I hit the darn ball in that, whatever that waterway is there. And the caddy goes and gets my ball out. And he, throws, he throws it to me. And, and darn it, if I didn't. If I didn't hit it in there, <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to see what kind of endurance he had, Pat. Well, then, and as you know, you have to walk that course. And as we're walking along, he says, "In that one of the holes, I really, really had a great, a great hit or a great something." He goes, "Well, you hit that on the biscuit, ma'am." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's terrific. Did you enjoy St. Andrews? I loved St. Andrews, and of course, I wasn't playing very well at that time, so what difference did it make? But just walking that course, and I mean to tell you, you have voices in your head, Scottish voices in your head that talk to you. I swear you do on those courses. In the bar, Pat, Pat, or on the the golf course? Did Pearlie tell you about the crazy dreams he has when he he caddies? It sounds like you guys might have something to talk about. I've never heard (laughs) Scottish-accented voices in my head. (laughs) No. And we also played Turnberry, and we played Carnoustie. And I could not. I mean, I don't think I even finished Carnoustie. Oh, I played Carnoustie and didn't finish it either, What was that guy's name? Jean Vandeville didn't finish either. No, he's still looking for his ball over there on 18. Oh, my gosh. He never finished it. I promise you, that guy's got nightmares. I don't care what he says. He's got nightmares. No, he's got nothing on you, Pearlie. Okay, we got to go to Solomon. We got to go to Solomon. Pat, your stories are fantastic. Thank you for the stories. Jay is now going to solve your 10 to 20 yard chipping issue with a nine iron so that you can start making all of them. Okay, so Pat. Well, do I need an iron iron or do I need something else? I'll let you talk. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, when you use your wedges around the green, and you said successfully use them, do you have any trouble sculling them? Uh, When it's flat, I do. That's why I don't use my wedges around the green. I use my wedges only when I'm around grass. But if it's flat, I, do, I, use, I use my nine iron. So flat and tight lies you don't like? Yes. No. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So, Pat, one of the things that happens is that our intuition, and first of all, you have all this anxiety, right? Because mm-hmm. you're telling me you, you so can. Jay, Jay wasn't in turn intimidated by flat and tight lies, but downhill and tight lies. He was definitely intimidated. Pat, I was intimidated by almost everything. I just didn't know it. I, 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 I didn't. It's like, wait a minute. I should have been way more nervous here. I, I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, so, so, so what happens is we try to lift this ball in the air yep. as soon as as soon as you've hit, like if you've gotten in a bunker before and you hit one a little thin and it goes all the way across the green, the next one you hit in the bunker is every time going to be hit fat, you know, because we mm-hmm. kind of play away from that. Our intuition tells us we got to lift this ball up in the air. So we have got to, in, in order to try to get it up and into the air, we try to lift. So we pull everything up. We move up with our body. Yeah. We move up with our hands. We move up yeah. with our head. Does that make does that make sense? Absolutely. So, and so, Pat, what we want to do, believe it or not, is the exact opposite. We mm-hmm. want to take your wedge, and if you have to choke up on your wedge, to give you a little different feel than what you've okay. had in the past. So I'm telling you to choke up. Even, Pat, if you have to go all the way down to where the rubber of your, your grip meets the steel, mm-hmm. just to give you a different feel. And then, Pat, what you have to do is you actually have to hit and stay down on this ball, almost like, so let me ask you this real quick. If you have your your 60-degree wedge, or do you have a 60-degree or 56-degree wedge, or whatever your highest lofted wedge is? I have a pitching wedge, which is probably my highest lofted. 
Okay, so you have a pitching wedge. When you hit that from the fairway, do you have any, you know, when you're not using it in a chipping motion, do you hit that um, uh, in the air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we want to get you to do, to hit it more in the air like that. So you okay. know what I'm going to do, Pat? My 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 man, my man Pearly, our buddy, is just laughing so hard over here because <laughs> I think it's just because of my face. I think it, that does it to him. But what I'm going to do is I am going to send to you a, a 56-degree ladies' titleist wedge for That's calling awesome, us Jay. in today. That's awesome, Jay. Because here's one of the problems, uh, um, Pat. What happens is there are situations you get yourself in where a pitching wedge doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you can you can be trying to get this ball in the air because you need to get more loft. You need a club with more loft. And mm-hmm. that pitching wedge doesn't work. But the fix of this is, is I want the ball in the middle of your stance. I want your hand position just on the front edge of the ball. And I want you to hit down and through that, that shot like it was a mini shot coming from the fairway. That's what I want you to okay. do. I don't want you to try to help it in the air. Hitting down uh-huh. on it will push the ball, believe it or not, will push the ball up in the air. And I will get this wedge to you via my my uh, Effingham friend here. Pony Express from yep. St. Louis. Pony Express to is right. From Chesterfield to Effingham Country Club. And Pat, this is what we tell all of the folks that call us on Whack and Chase. If this advice that we gave you helps you, tell everyone you know. If you still keep sculling your wedges, tell them we never met. <laughs> okay, it sounds wonderful, and I thank you so much for that. I'm I'm looking forward to using it now. And, now, and then, Pat, if you don't get the wedge, grab your pitching wedge, put it in your car, drive over to Pearlie's house, and go find it because it's stuck in the back of that old truck he drives, and he doesn't know where he put it. Pat is way too nice for this show, Jay. She's I know. way too nice. She's for probably this got a, her son's probably big and he can hit you with a wedge and help you find her other wedge. She Pat, has lots of people protecting her. I do know that much. Pat, thanks so yeah. much for calling. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Bye bye. Well, Pearl. Another show in the books. They haven't run us off. Maybe they're still looking for us. Maybe they're still looking for us. But uh thanks for being with me, Pearl. Love, love spending the time with you. Meet. Great stuff, dude. Thank you so much for uh, for all this. St. Louis, thank you for listening. And um, this is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.